sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk five days a week. And you know what? Before we get into the action, I want to tell you guys that we here at the Locked On Network, in the month of April, we'll be offering a half-price opportunity for local and community businesses to advertise on our local podcasts. In addition, we'll be taking 10% of that revenue from the company portion and donating it to a national charity to support our medical workers. So if you've been thinking about buying some ad space here on Locked on Mizzou, there's never been a better time. Text advertising to 33777 for all the information. And today on the show, I've got three more Mizzou legends I want to talk about. This time, all on the hardwood, we've got Larry Drew, John Brown, and Al Eberhard to talk about later in the show. But first, you know what I want to discuss? I want to discuss our Missouri Tiger basketball team and, well, three of those guys apparently testing the waters by going to the NBA through the NBA draft process, I should say. Yeah, I don't want to frighten any of you. No, Xavier Pinson and Mitchell Smith, they will not be leaving Mizzou early. I can almost guarantee you that. Now, Jeremiah Tillman, on the other hand, that's another matter. Still questionable whether he's actually going to come back or not, but you know what? I I want to discuss some factors that should lead to him probably coming back. And you know what? First of all, I just want to say that I'm a little bit surprised that Drew Smith didn't enter his name into consideration for being evaluated in the NBA draft because, well, quite honestly, I think he probably has the best chance to actually make the NBA of anybody on last year's team, believe it or not. Because, well, while Xavier Pinson, he might have the more flashy athleticism, Smith just has a much more grown man type game that I think can translate to the next level, possibly. I mean, again, not flashy, but what does Drew Smith really do wrong? On the defensive end of the court, he's quite excellent. He's not the biggest guy in the world by any means, but he does exactly what you want him to do on that end of the court. Then offensively, I was early on when I watched Drew this season, I said, man, he's got at least one NBA skill here, and that's being able to pass with either hand, and especially to those opposite corners, which truly is an NBA skill. That's something that a lot of NBA veterans still haven't totally picked up on that particular pass. So he's really advanced in certain areas of his game. Obviously a solid shooter, a deadly free throw shooter. I mean, really, if you want a traditional old school style point guard, I think Drew Smith is a decent prospect. I really do. I'm not saying he's definitely going to make the NBA by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he's got a shot with a really solid senior season in Columbia. Now, as for Jeremiah Tillman, It's not obvious to me that he's ever going to be an NBA player. I'm just not sure that his skill set is going to translate into the modern game particularly well, at least the modern pro game. But you know what? I wouldn't say it's impossible either. I I will say, though, I think that the chances are actually better if Tillman can come back next year and maybe add something. But, you know, obviously there's the idea that hey, maybe he should just get going now, get one more year of playing money in your pocket, another season to start earning, whether it's in the NBA or in another league 
overseas, professionally, possibly the G League, whatever it might be. But you know what? What complicates Jeremiah Tillman's decision and, frankly, all the guys in college basketball or really overseas prospects, too, who are maybe on the fringe of being drafted, deciding to declare or not, obviously is the COVID-19 crisis. You know, clearly basketball is not at the top of anybody's mind, but boy, if you're, if you're a, again, if you're on the cusp of possibly declaring for the draft, there's a lot up in the air right now, including the actual draft itself. June 25th is the date right now, but who knows if that's going to actually happen at this point. The league is talk about postponing that to possibly August. And also there's the matter of, there's very few agents right now that have gone through the NCAA certification process, only 24 from what I've heard. So basically there's, if you're going to go with into this process with a non-certified person, there's going to be then eligibility questions possibly coming at you if you return to school the next year. So I was reading an ESPN article today and one certified NCAA agent said, this is his quote, He said, this is not a time to be adding players to your client list. It's a time to consolidate. I'll take a no-brain, I'll take a no-brainer first round pick if he falls into my lap, but anything beyond that, I'd have to think long and hard about it. Normally, I'd be interested in taking a flyer on a kid testing the waters in hopes of developing a relationship for next year, but there's very little that I can actually do to help someone right now with the amount of uncertainty surrounding the professional basketball world. So again, if you're reading that, and if you're Jeremiah Tillman, again, you're not really getting a relationship with any agents or anything like that. And if you're Mitchell Smith, if you're Xavier Pinson, it almost sounds like going through this process isn't nearly as valuable as it would have been in previous seasons. So for all these reasons, and maybe a few more, I'm still expecting Tillman to come back for his senior season at this point, and certainly Pinson and Mitchell Smith as well. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Bowling Green's Justin Turner, who's on the market as a grad transfer and has been looking at Missouri as one of his final six schools. I want to talk about him and how he might fit with Missouri potentially next season. But you know what? First, I was talking earlier about how Jeremiah Tillman is probably coming back, right? Well, another thing you can probably count on is Echelon. And you see, to get fit in 2020, you don't have to pay a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in shape this year is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at less than half price of Peloton. You see, Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone. Busy moms and dads, first responders, elite athletes, whatever your activity level happens to be. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym again. You'll love Echelon, but if you're not 100% satisfied, we will give you your money back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L to learn about their limited time, free Apple iPad, and complete details 
of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N, fit.com, slash, L-O-N-F-L. Sorry, echelonfit.com, slash, L-O-N-F-L. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, Justin Turner from Bowling Green averaged nearly 19 points a game. We talked about him a little bit on the show before, but you know what? When you look at the fit with Turner and, say, Drew Smith and Xavier Pinson, right? That was how Missouri ran its offense was with those two lead guards down the stretch last season. So, well, it's interesting to note that Turner, his game does sound a bit similar to Drew Smith and Xavier Pinson in some ways because, well, He's about 6'4", maybe a little bit taller than those two guys, but kind of a combo guard, I guess you could say. Not really a point, not really a shooting guard necessarily, but he gets the line, good free throw shooter. But you know what? If that does sound like it may be a bit redundant with those two guys, I would say you're probably right. I would question the fit just a little bit. It will be interesting to see how those three guys would potentially play together if they're on the floor at the same time. They might be a little undersized defensively as well against certain opponents. But you know what? I think at this point in the game, beggars can't be choosers. Obviously, the Tigers will take Justin Turner if they can get him, and they should be happy with it. Missouri's got to have some kind of another body, another set of hands that can do some scoring. And, you know, it sounds like Turner fits the bill, even if, again – in an ideal world, maybe you'd have a bigger six foot seven athletic slasher type to maybe complement Drew and Xavier's games in some ways. But again, that guy apparently is not is not walking through that door. So if Missouri can get Justin Turner, I'll consider that a coup. If they can't get him, I'm not sure if there's a true difference maker on the market. I'm really not. So it'll be interesting to watch that and see how it plays out. It's got to be a really weird recruitment for him because, well, he's getting, he was reached out to by dozens of schools once he put his name in the transfer portal. And obviously Missouri in his final six has yet to step foot on campus here and quite honestly might not get a chance to. He might not get a chance to set foot on the place he ultimately chooses. And what a bizarre circumstance that is in 2020. Just yet another effect of this whole COVID thing. And yeah, Turner actually, he caught up with Dave Matter, I believe. Somebody online interviewed him. Sorry if I got that wrong. But yeah, Turner was just saying it's been, the whole thing's been wild. And basically in regards to Missouri, he said what almost everybody says about Conzo Martin, who gets recruited by him, that he's just a really good guy and that he enjoys all the people around the Missouri program. So hopefully, maybe somehow this will work into our favor. I don't know. 
And now I want to transition once again to talking about some classic Missouri Tiger basketball and football players, but in this case, just the hardwood we're going to stick to today. And previously, I talked about how Ricky Frazier may have been just how good he was as a basketball player, may have been overshadowed a bit by John Sunbold and Steve Stepanovich and how those two together won four Big Eight titles in a row. And quite honestly, you know, again, with Sonny being so prominent on television to this day and around the university, it's easy to forget that John Sunvold, when he was a freshman at Mizzou, well, when he stepped onto the court, he looked up to a senior by the name of Larry Drew. And when presumptive starter Steve Wallace was ruled academically ineligible for the season, that paved the way for a freshman named John Sunvold to begin starting and None other than Larry Drew immediately took him under his wing. And while he set several individual Mizzou records during his time, including the career assists record, Drew always seemed to relish in the team aspects of the game. So it shouldn't be a huge shock that eventually Larry Drew took that big picture attitude to the sidelines where he spent four seasons as an NBA head coach and several more as an assistant. Drew once said, we're like one big family out on that court, helping each other out, complimenting each other. To me, that's the sign of a championship team. And indeed, the Tigers were a championship team under Larry Drew. In 1978, the team was actually under 500, but the Tigers won the Big 8 tournament and, of course, that automatic NCAA bid. And Drew was really, really good, but it wasn't until Stipo, Sunvold, and Ricky Frazier were brought, were brought in in that one class, my goodness, by the way, did the Tigers really take off as a team with Drew. That senior season was the first of four straight Big 8 seasons for Mizzou and the one regular season title for Larry. Ultimately, he was drafted 17th overall in the 1980 NBA draft, played 10 seasons in the league for the Pistons, the Casey and Sacramento Kings, the Clippers, the Lakers, and really the Kings, that was definitely his peak. One season he averaged 20 and twenty points, 8 assists and 83. He averaged 16 and 7 assists and 84. And after almost two decades as an NBA assistant, again hired by the Hawks in 2010, led the Hawks to three straight winning seasons, reached the second round of the playoffs in 2011, And you know what? Larry Drew, surely one of the true sons in Mizzou basketball history. You could accurately say that Larry Drew's era was a bit of a bridge between the 1976 Elite Eight run with Kim Anderson and Willie Smith. And then those, that again, the Stipo, Sunvold, Ricky Frazier, that era. Larry Drew, obviously those weren't as successful as those four years were. But man, what an excellent player he was. What a true son. What a team player. And you know what? We got two more true sons to talk about right after the break. So speaking of of true sons, there is a great book called True Sons by Mr. Michael Atchison. And in that great book, there's a story about Mizzou legend John Brown that I think explains why he's a legend quite quite simply and why his number 
is now retired in the rafters of Mizzou Arena. At 6-4 and four in league play, the Tigers traveled to Lawrence. After traveling by 18, they staged an astonishing rally. In the second half, as a deluge of paper cups pelted the Missouri bench, the Tigers ran the Jayhawks out of their own gym. Brown and Al Eberhard combined for 49 points and 37 rebounds in a 79-63 triumph. As he bounded toward the locker room, a jubilant Norm Stewart surveyed the projectile-hurtling crowd and hollered, The worst fans in America. In the win, Brown moved into second place on Mizzou's all-time scoring list, just 23 points behind Charlie Hankey. A fairly ordinary effort in Mizzou's next game could, could secure the record, but Brown's performance was anything but ordinary. When Oklahoma State came to town, John Brown finished with 41 points and 19 rebounds in a six-point victory, again giving him the school record in career points. And then, well, funny enough, still the senior day to come for John Brown. And, well, he went out fighting, quite literally went out fighting. In the second half, he and Nebraska's Don Jackson got into a a bit of a Donnybrook. And, well, both guys were ejected. So that was kind of funny that John Brown, one of the great players of Missouri history, tossed out of the game for fisticuffs. I don't know. I kind of love that. That cracks me up. What a different day. But honestly, in all seriousness, where would Norm Stewart's career have been without John Brown? I mean, he was the precursor to everything great that happened, quite honestly, in his entire career. Brown was Norm's first truly great player, and to the point where Norm has joked that when he was recruiting Brown, he visited him. Brown visited Norm Stewart in the hospital as he was recovering from back surgery, ended up Ended up securing him during that time. I, Norm joked, I think he felt sorry for me. And he said, heck, if I could get another player like him, I'll have back surgery again. And you can see why. The guy averaged 19 points, 10 rebounds for his career. Junior season leads Missouri to its first 21 season ever and its best winning percentage in 42 years. Then his senior season was was much the same. Just, you know... A really, really excellent player, and actually, well, he didn't do it alone either. He had a teammate who was really good too, yet another undersized front court player, another great undersized front court player, I should say, in Mizzou history, and Al Eberhard. Guy was the three-time, yes, that's right, three-time, three-time MVP of the Big 8 Holiday Tournament. Hey, remember that thing? I sure don't, but yes, the Big 8 used to play a holiday tournament as well as a postseason tournament. Well, he scored 33 in the finals of one of those things to beat Kansas. That's fun, right? Averaged 17-9 and as a junior, and then when John Brown graduated, out of his shadow was managed to average 20-12 and that final year as a Tiger. One of four Tigers ever to average a career double-double. Scored 20 points on a really bad ankle to give Mizzou its second straight Big A championship. I mean, Norm Stewart really praised him after the game, saying, I really didn't think he was going to be able to go. So, to be able to score 20 on basically one leg to give Mizzou another banner. Hey, got to give a tip of the hat to that guy. Again, another first-round pick for Mizzou. Ultimately, the 15th overall selection in the NBA draft. Al Eberhard, 
another Mizzou great along with his teammate John Brown and of course Larry Drew as well. And once again, that'll do it for this edition of Locked On Mizzou. But I do want to remind you guys that we at the Locked On Network are really excited to have Chad Ford, formerly of ESPN, back on board. Chad has been, well, seemingly disappeared for a couple of years on us now. He was really the kind of the go-to ESPN draft guy for, I don't know, a decade or so. But he's back. He's got He's back and he's part of the Locked On Network. Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. Check it out now. He's got Mark Stein on his first show. So definitely check that out and check us out next time right here on Locked on Mizzou.